Hello, music teacher friends. Welcome to episode number 48 of the Beyond Measure podcast. My name is Christina Whitlock, also known as your anytime piano teacher friend. And this right here is a space for independent music teachers just to take a deep exhale and claim some solidarity with someone who understands at least a little bit of the wild life you are living. All right, so here's the thing. I don't often do two-part episodes here, mostly just because I am afraid of opening that door. (laughs) Um, I feel like since I do often have so much to say that it's very important that I keep myself as concise as possible in these 20-minute episodes, and I really don't like the idea of opening that door to myself um, because I want to keep things as focused as possible for you. But all of that said, the response I received from you to last week's episode on how we deal with our inner critics, well, it was so strong that I just really feel compelled to spend one more week on this idea. So allow me to offer you a very quick recap, just in case you missed it, or if you need a refresher. So first and foremost, my reigning philosophy is that negative thoughts need to be acknowledged before we can ever make any progress with them. Now, you don't have to believe what the voice in your head is saying, but sometimes it's just good to hear it out and see where that takes you. So last week, I suggested a quick little process of, first of all, putting yourself in a positive frame of mind, mostly by celebrating some kind of recent successes first. And once you've done that, then, uh, you know, let's look at acknowledging what that nasty little voice is nagging at you about right now. (laughs) Once you have heard that voice out, you then have a chance to ask yourself if there's anything to be learned from that voice or if it's just something utterly ridiculous that you can finally get rid of once and for all. Like I said, we are going to hang out a little bit more with those inner critics this week, and we're going to see if there are any other lessons lurking beneath the surface. (laughs) Before I share my own story, let's reframe the idea of an inner critic, shall we? It could be a recurring negative voice inside your own head, but it could also simply feel like a fear or a shortcoming or some kind of inadequacy. As in, what are you afraid of people saying about your teaching? Do you fear that your local teachers could criticize your students' technique, your repertoire choices, your strong personality, or the way you dress. I don't know. What are you worried about people thinking about your teaching? You can ask yourself the same thing about parents of students in your studio. What are you afraid that they might be thinking? 
If you're having a hard time coming up with something that you feel like your inner critic is trying to tell you, why don't you ask yourself, what are you most afraid of as a teacher? See if that shakes anything loose, will you? So, okay, something has been nagging at me ever since I released last week's episode. I had fully intended to share with you something that I learned from my inner critic last week. However, seeing as how I am like a gold star avoider of negativity, (laughs) the idea of putting my insecurities online for anyone to hear was a little, I don't know, let's just say it was very unappealing. (laughs) But seeing as how I am all about building camaraderie here at Beyond Measure, I mean, it really is the whole point of this podcast, I realize that sometimes it falls on me to say, go first, right? (sighs) So purely in an attempt to help you feel better about your inner critic, let me share with you what mine told me last week. Mind you, before we go any further, please make sure before you take this journey that you are taking a moment or two to acknowledge things that you are doing well. (laughs) I did that on last week's episode, so I'll move forward. Among other things, the critical part of my inner dialogue last week brought me to think about consistency and the lack thereof. (laughs) So specifically, that I was failing at training my students to be really consistent performers. I've said it before, and I will keep saying it, (laughs) that I have a studio full of really terrific students. I have basically everyone from absolute beginners all the way up through some pretty serious players. I have adult hobbyists, busy teenagers, preschoolers, the whole gamut. (laughs) And I happen to think that they are all pretty incredible. But on the whole, a lot of them have really been struggling with consistency in their playing. So this has become blatantly obvious in pandemic life when we have needed to make an excessive amount of recordings for competition entries or virtual recitals or whatever the case may be. P.S. Side note, I hate recording performances. I hate the process so much. Recording musical performances is a perfectionist's worst nightmare. You know what I'm talking about. We all know it's hard, right? And Let's be honest, the human brain has not exactly been well-suited for really hard things the past year and a half. Am I right? (laughs) So, I mean, let's not forget that our students are walking all of this uncertainty right along with us, and their brains are every bit as foggy and spinny and distracted as ours. So, I would suspect on some level, that consistency has been a concern of many musicians over this pandemical season. So, maybe the root of this consistency issue is not entirely as deep of an issue in my teaching as I fear it is. 
or maybe it is. <laughs> so here's the interesting turn my thoughts took me on while I was spending quality time with my inner critic last week. Are you ready? <laughs> well, I started asking myself why my students might be struggling with consistency in their playing. I feel like I direct them to do like all the things. <laughs> I spend half of my time teaching talking about how we need to spend more time playing things correctly. You know, how once we get something, how we need to just enjoy playing it correctly, like over and over again. <laughs> that whole James Clear theme I mentioned a couple weeks ago about you get what you repeat. I mean, I'm telling you, I say this all the time. <laughs> and at the same time, we talk a lot about the importance of avoiding brainless repetitions. I have a million tactics in my bag of tricks to help students keep their brains engaged while they are repeating these small passages. I remind my students and their families of the great importance of playing for friends and family and in as many casual settings as they can so that they can learn what their bodies and what their brains do as a reaction to pressure when they're playing. So here's the thing. If I am saying all of the right things, and a lot of times, <laughs> why are my students still not as consistent as I would like them to be? <laughs> well, perhaps it's because that's the story of the music teaching life, right? <laughs> but perhaps it's also because I'm only saying the right things. I remind you guys of this a lot, that saying something to our students is no guarantee that they are actually learning it, right? <laughs> so allowing myself to give some consideration to my own personal critic brought me to the realization that maybe I'm not actually devoting enough time in the lesson to truly press the issue as far as it might need to be sometimes. And again, I mean, I know better, right? <laughs> so then I ask myself, how can I know all these things yet not be making enough time for them in the lesson? Well, guess what? <laughs> My inner critic led me to a really, really important reminder. This comes as a surprise to absolutely no one, <laughs> but I have a deeply rooted, very compelling need to make sure that people feel comfortable when I am present. Seriously, you will know this if you spend anything over 10 minutes with me. <laughs> I talk too much because I hate awkward silences. I am definitely that girl that makes lame jokes in tense moments because I don't like conflict. <laughs> and we won't even mention nervous laughter because, well, yeah, you've already picked up on that. <laughs> so, again, this need for people to be comfortable in my presence was not news to me. I know that this is me. <laughs> but I haven't given a lot of thought recently to how I might be avoiding important steps in my teaching just because I don't want to create awkward or tense 
moments. Now, hear me. I think in, I don't know, maybe 94% of my teaching time (laughs) that my goal of keeping students comfortable and content is a really great quality. (laughs) I think it's absolutely one of my most successful approaches to lessons. However, we all know that learning a musical instrument is a gritty process, right? We need to dig deep and sweat a little bit sometimes, right? Especially as we are advancing on our instruments. And this, my dear friends, is where my inner critic led me last week to a very productive, very much needed reflection of my own personality when it comes to teaching. You know, sometimes it's okay to let students twist in the wind a little bit, (laughs) to guide them with a firm voice, and to speak the honest truth, still from a place of love, but also with a little command. Now, I realize as I say these things that I'm probably painting a very inaccurate picture of what it's like to study with me. I assure you, I am not afraid to call students out or correct issues as they arise. (laughs) Absolutely not. But I do realize that in my attempt to make sure that students know how much I adore them, (laughs) I am probably guilty of glossing over things from time to time. That's all I mean. So anyway, my whole journey of self-actualization here on the podcast is hardly the point. <laughs> Do you see where the process of leaning into my inner critic, into my fears, into my insecurities, whatever you want to call it, do you see where that led me? My concerns about consistency in my student performances led me through some really important reminders that telling my students strategies is not always enough. And that led me to realize that I am not always devoting enough lesson time to those reinforcements. And then that ultimately led me to realize that sometimes, not always, but definitely sometimes, I am guilty of passing over things when I don't want my students to feel uncomfortable. Phew, I would say that's a pretty productive round of self-reflection, wouldn't you? (laughs) So, friends, that's the deal with our inner critics. As I said last week, sometimes they are outright liars. (laughs) There are a lot of those thoughts that need tossed out with yesterday's news. (laughs) But there are sometimes important lessons to learn under the surface if we just let ourselves go there for a few minutes. Not to perseverate needlessly on any one single criticism, but to see what we might do to help change that voice's mind. (laughs) I have a frequently confirmed hypothesis that musicians on the whole, are one of the least secure groups of people I know. It's funny because so many of us appear to have ego issues on the outside, but actually, by and large, I find us to be a pretty anxious, self-doubting bunch. I absolutely hate it for us. I mean, we're friends after all, and who wants to see their friends miserable with themselves? (laughs) But I can't help but think 
that's spending a little more time asking that inner voice if it has anything good to tell us might be moments really well spent. And with that, here is a toast to you. Music teacher, friends of the world, first of all, thank you for indulging me while I put my own jumbled brain on display for you to see today. (laughs) It is my sincere hope that I could play a small part in normalizing the way musicians speak openly about their doubts and their fears. I feel as though our profession is built on a lot of highs and a lot of lows. We all know we walk through a lot of difficult seasons with our students. And of course, at the same time, we have our own challenges outside the studio as well. So whether you venture down a deep dive of reflection today or not, I hope that you find peace today. Peace with yourself as an educator, peace with the services that you are providing to your communities, and peace knowing all of the ripples of positive influence that you are sending out all over the world, generation to generation. Cheers to you, my very influential teacher friends. Hear, hear. And that's a wrap on episode number 48. If you haven't noticed, episode 50 is right around the corner, and I am going to do something that I've never done before. I think I will record an Ask Me Anything episode. Woohoo! <laughs> so here's the drill if you have any question you would like me to answer, I want you to send me a message. You can do that through Facebook or Instagram. Find me there at Beyond Measure Podcast. Or you can send me an email. You can find me on email at beyondmeasurepodcast, that's all one word, at gmail.com. I am going to collect entries between now and October 25th, and that will give me a week to get my answers recorded and ready for episode number 50, which releases on November 1st. So, yeah. Here's your chance to ask me whatever you would like to know about getting the most out of music teacher life or whatever. (laughs) I will anxiously await your questions. I am quite sure you'll come up with something good for me. (laughs) So thank you so much, my friends. As we wrap up today, here is your weekly reminder to work hard, rest well, and be nice. (laughs) Let's make it a great one.